0: Welcome to the Declaration Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We pray that today's message encourages you and blesses you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit us at declaration.org. Hey, everybody, welcome to Declaration Church Online. We are so glad that you have chosen to be a part of church with us today. In fact, man, in a season that's a little weird right now, all of us were wondering, well, what are we going to do? The really cool thing is, is that God has taken technology and allowed the gospel to be even louder all over the globe as literally the internet is being invaded with Jesus over the last few weeks. And I think that's incredible. People are starting to understand there's a God of hope who loves them. And so church, I want to thank you for your generosity because we can continue to make a difference. In fact, we're even making a bigger difference. Last week, we had people chiming in from all over the world and they were part of this service with us. So right now, if you call Declaration Home right there from your living room, would you just thank the Lord for all of those that might be joining us for the very first time? We want to welcome you to be a part of Declaration with us today. We say welcome home, and we mean that. Well, it's been, it's been, it's been some strange days around here. In fact, in our little area of the world, We've got social distancing. I know that's that's a global thing, but right here in our area, while we're doing social distancing, we're already, we're also kind of lining you up, you know, like packing you in so that we can put you in the grocery store only 50 at a time. That's interesting. Um we've got life in quarantine that kind of starting to it's feeling a little bit like hunger games out there right now. We've got some panic purchasing happening and 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 the homeschool. Oh my gosh, homeschool is kicked in, and that's a little different. Um Man, I got a shout out right now, especially to the Conroe Independent School District, the educators and the administrators, and they're kind of like us right now in, 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 the, in a season of trying to figure out how to get everything through technology to everybody and still keep people connected, but they have done an incredible job. I'll tell you what, though, I'm a little overwhelmed if you're like me, the emails and and, and I'm, I'm also panicked because, you know, I don't do common core math. It scares me to death. But, but I've, I saw something on, on social media. Here's another bright spot of the last few weeks. The memes and the videos on social media have been on point. I feel like I met a new friend. I don't know her personally, but I love her video. Her name is Brandilyn Shopshire. And I think that this video will bless you thinking about the homeschool thing like it blessed me. So watch this. Check this out.
1: Let us pray. Father God, I am a child of God. What I am not is a homeschool teacher, God. I'm at home, but Lord, ain't no teaching going on around here. Father God, I am your humble servant. What I am not is a math teacher, God lord god the spirit of common core has attacked our household and right now the only thing we have in common is frustration and no answer to the math problem lord god i ask that you send down your angels of the carryover lord teacher that if you carry the one over to the tenth place you can get the answer lord god lord god i am a layman in your vineyard what i am not is the cafeteria lady lord yet again the devil has attacked and sent down a tapeworm onto my child lord god and i need you to help her to understand lord that just because there's a refrigerator don't mean the door got to be open and just because there's a stove don't mean the eye has to be on i am not dennis Hop shonen's nor waffle house lord god Lord God, right now, I need her to understand that his times are tough right now, Lord God. But I see if things continue the way that they are going, Lord God. Not only am I your child, but I'm going to be an inmate because I'm going to jail, Lord God. I, I don't look good in orange. I don't look good in a jumpsuit, Lord God. But Lord, I ask that you, that you change the way things are going right now, Father God, and bless every teacher because they got a special place in heaven. Ain't no way that I could do it, Lord
0: God. Ain't no way. Amen, amen, amen. And amen. That was one of my favorite videos that I saw all week. And I'll tell you what, maybe some of us can relate. But you may be like me. You, you've never been more happy for those public school teachers than you are right now. I'm more thankful for them. In fact, you should probably say hello and high five. Don't high five them for real. Just virtual high five, because, you know, social distancing. But, but thank you to those teachers. Well, Let's just dive in. Last week, we spent time in Mark chapter four, and we saw this story of Jesus. He was with his disciples in the boat. He's asleep. The storm comes, and and the disciples, man, they freak out. And if if you didn't see that video, if you weren't a part of that last week or hear that podcast, I'd encourage you to go back. I feel like it'll encourage some of us maybe in this season that we're in. But in that story, we saw four key things that I, that I don't want us to miss because it kind of helps us this week as well. Is number one, in, in life, there's going to be storms. We're going to endure storms. Jesus, though, he will be with us in the storm. He will, be, he, will, he will walk with us through every storm. He will calm the storm. He can calm the storm. The storm is just a temporary moment. In fact, if you live in Houston area like we do, you know, man, it can, it can be sunshiny and beautiful, and all of a sudden it's a downpour, and then right back to sunshine. The storm is temporary. But listen, Jesus will always use the storms of our life to show us his sovereignty. In other words, Jesus can use the, the greatest, strongest storms through our life to show us that he is indeed stronger, and he will do that. Now, I'll tell you this. I I bet it didn't feel like that to the disciples that day in that boat during that storm when Jesus was asleep. They were freaking out. They were panicked, a lot of anxiety. They were gripped in fear. Much like right now, probably there's some of us that we're struggling. We've got anxiety, and I get it, man. This This season that we're in is difficult, it's hard. People are worried about their health. They're worried about their loved ones. They're worried about um, the, the immune compromise. They're worried about um, the grandparents and, and those that are above 60, and, and, and maybe they're not in the greatest of health. They're worried about their kids. We've got people that, man, we're worried. Some, a lot of us, we're worried about what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen with our jobs. How are we going to provide for our family? And it can be really difficult for us to keep our focus where our focus needs to stay believing that somewhere in all this stuff, man, Jesus is right there with us. He's in the middle of it, and he can calm this storm. And, you know, there's a great debate that's going on right now, and that debate is what should we be doing right now? What should we do right now? Should we not worry about this and just continue to carry on as life, just life is normal, and just keep going? I mean, you've seen the stories of spring break still happening on certain beaches, and we're wondering what is going on. Or maybe we should just go, we should run out and buy as much, extra hand sanitizer and extra toilet paper as we can find and put it in our, in our cabinet there and, and you know, lock ourselves up inside and hide ourselves away and hoard stuff and, and man, just wait and prepare for the end of the, in the world, right? Man, there's a lot of sin. saying, what should we do? Well, let me say this. I'm no expert at all. I don't know how long this thing is going to last. I don't know where this thing is going to take us, and, and I don't know how far it's going to go, but I would like to try to speak today to this moment that we are in from a faith perspective, if I may from a focus of faith and not a focus of fear. And that's what I want to talk about. Faith and not fear today. And listen, I do understand, man, there's a lot of different feelings that are gripping us right now. A lot. This this COVID-19 thing has thoroughly interrupted our lives. I mean, completely interrupted us. And it's frustrating. And I'm telling you, man, you know, it's like a lot of the world was thinking, man, things are going actually pretty well. I mean, there's always going to be people trying to find something to complain and argue about. But for the most part, things were going great. And it's frustrating because now all of a sudden, it's like we're driving 100 miles down the hour, you know, 100 miles an hour down the road, and someone just kind of threw it in reverse. That's the way it kind of feels. But also, it's frustrating on a different level. It's become more personal now because some of us know have, we have family and we have friends that have been impacted by this virus. I've got a personal friend right now who does have this, this virus. And, and not only that, I've got other friends who are starting to show symptoms of this virus. And so it's a little scary and, and frustrating. I mean, um, here's the truth. This is a serious storm and, and we're all facing this storm together. I mean, just in the last few days alone, Uh, We were scheduled to go to some leadership conferences. I know there's a lot of business conferences that have been canceled, um, some of them for the whole entire year. Professional sports has practically been canceled unless you go to like ESPN3 and there's probably some really cool chess matches to watch or some bowling there. (laughs) There's concerts that have been canceled. Um, Hotels have closed. Uh, Travel bans appearing everywhere. Whole states are beginning to shut down and and call for mandatory quarantines. Uh, You got grocery stores that are kind of that they're starting to seemingly run out of stuff. And, and so many people are beginning to think, man, what are we going to do? How long is this really going to last? And I like what Pastor Craig Groeschel had to say about some of this. He said, the first thing that I'm not gonna do as a believer in Jesus is this, I'm not gonna make any rash, long-term, and permanent decisions based upon this moment that we are in right now. I'm not gonna make a long-term, permanent decision based on this moment. I think that's wise. I think there's wisdom in that. In times of crisis and in times of panic, it is best not to project out too far into the future. It's best to just make a wise decision for today based on the information that we have today. Now listen, as disciples of Jesus, we should have a different vantage point. We should have a different perspective. Our focus should be different. We should operate, life, you know, going through life through a different filter and that filter that forms our decisions should be different. Why? Because we know Jesus. We walk with Jesus. We, we trust Jesus. We know the one from Mark chapter 4 who can literally rebuke the weather, who can, who can bring the wind and the waves to stillness and to calmness. We got to believe today, listen, we got to believe that where there is a wind, there is a way. In fact, that is the title of our sermon today, where there is a wind, there is a way. Our filter of faith should form our decisions. Why? Why? Well, I'm gonna give you four verses right here, and hopefully we'll have them up here on the screen for you. Number one, Hebrews 13, 14. Why? Why should our filter of faith form our decision? Well, simply put, because we are not of this world. This world is not our permanent home. We're not of this world. Romans 12, 2 says that we are not to be conformed to the customs and to the traditions and to the behavioral patterns of this world. You know what that means? That means maybe some of us need to turn off the news for a few minutes and just begin to ask the Lord to just speak to us. Don't, 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 our, don't allow ourselves to be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind by spending time with the Lord in his word and in prayer. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.19, we're not to be conformed to the wisdom of the world. It's foolishness to God anyway. Hebrews 6.19, we're not to live as those who have no hope because we do have hope. We are different. Our focus should not be fear Our focus should be faith. Are you hearing me, everybody? Faith is our filter, and we need to choose today whom we will serve. We need to choose today whom we will serve. Faith, or will we serve fear? Will we serve faith, or will we serve fear? Will we serve God, or will we serve flesh? Now, in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, There's a few verses that I want to show you. Starting in verse 14, it says this. It says, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols that your ancestors worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. So fear the Lord, which basically, basically this means to revere God, reverence the Lord, and serve him with your whole heart. Matthew 6 says, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and wealth or mammon, Um, the spirit of wealth, the spirit of things. You cannot serve both God and anything else that you personify as your object of worship. Don't do what others have done, basically, or or don't do what they're doing. Don't serve the way other people serve when you look at them if it's apart from God. Um, Don't serve any other master but God and God alone. Verse 15, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, it says, "then, then choose today whom you're gonna serve. And he goes on. And so when I start to think about this, I begin to ask the question, okay, will I, will I serve faith or will I serve fear? Will I bow my heart to the Lord Jesus, faithfully trusting him, or will I bow my life to fear? That's, that's the question. And I love what Joshua said, but as for me and my family, man, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. And that's what I'm hoping that that as a faith family, not just Declaration Church, but all over this world, those that claim to follow Jesus is that we would say, you know what, as a faith family, we will serve God and God alone. Jesus will serve him. Verse 16, the people reply, look at it. It says, we will never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. We're not gonna do it. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. They're kind of looking back. Now they're thinking back. They're remembering all the things that God has done. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, uh, among our enemies, he preserved us. See, sometimes when the wind and waves come, we might need to remember a time before when God calmed the storm in our life, when he preserved us. Now we gotta remember, somehow we made it through Katrina. Somehow we made it through Rita. Somehow we made it through Ike. Somehow we made it through Harvey. Somehow we made it through 9-11. And then all of the things that came after 9-11, the wars and the rumors of wars and and all of the horrible things that we saw on the news that were going on with terrorism and everything else, somehow we made it through a lot of those things. And some would say, well, we're still in it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I remember the way I felt on September 11th and September 12th of 2000. I don't feel that kind of hyper as I do, but I'll never forget it. But I do know that God walked us through these things somehow personally, somehow God brought me and Kelly through the birth of our third son, who was born at 23 weeks and four days. He weighed one pound, three ounces. He was given a less than 1% chance of life expectancy. Somehow God got us through that. We saw God do something miraculous. And now our little boy is an anomaly to medical science, not because of science alone. We thank God for science. He gave us intellect. He gave us ability in modern medicine. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I give all glory to God for that miracle. And somehow God got us through that. Somehow he's gonna work all of this out that we're in today for his glory and for our good according to Romans 8. Sometimes we might need to think back. Like right now in the moment that you're in, what you're struggling with, the the fear, the anxiety, the panic, you might need to remember what God has done in the past to get you through what God is gonna do right now in the present. We gotta think back when God moved, when God stepped in on our behalf. Verse 17 says, for the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed all of these mighty miracles before our eyes. See, he's done it before and he can do it again. He's done it before and he will do it again. See, listen, church, we gotta choose faith. We gotta rebuke fear. We gotta choose faith. Did you know that the Bible says, fear not Basically, do not be afraid. Fear not some 365 different times. 365. I think God wanted us to get a message in that. I think he he said, fear not so many times. I mean, he literally said in the word, fear not one time for every day of our entire year. Fear not. Think about it. Isaiah 41 verse 10. God says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I'm your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold you up with my victorious right hand. I mean, right there, God is declaring victory over all hardship, all all seasons of suffering. He's declaring victory over this virus. This moment that we're in, God has already declared victory. See, there's only one reason that God would say, fear not, or to be courageous, and that's because we have every natural tendency and reason to be fearful in our flesh reason to be timid, um, to be scared apart from faith in Jesus Christ. But listen to me, Pastor Aaron said this actually this week. Um, He said, we will obey what we fear. And that is a powerful statement. We will obey what we fear. It's why it's important to understand when the book of Proverbs says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Our reverence before God is the beginning of walking in wisdom. See, if, if we fear anything, we need to fear God. That's what we need to fear. Otherwise, worldly fear lays the foundation for giving authority over us to someone or something else undeserving. If we choose worldly fear over godly faith and live afraid of what this world will do to us, then we believe the world has authority over us. But when we fear God, then we believe that God has all authority over our lives. We choose faith, walking in the spirit of God and not fear yielded, to the spirit of mammon, wealth, and worldliness. We don't yield to that. We choose faith. Now, I know some of us are probably thinking, but Pastor John, you have no idea. You have no clue what I have lost just in the last two weeks alone. Here's the truth. I don't, I don't know what you lost, but I know that God knows. And, and to that, I would say, do you really believe that it was really yours in the first place? Everything belongs to God. It's all God's. It's all God's. You know, know, speaking of living by the spirit or under the authority of God or or living by the flesh under the authority of the world, author Ted Decker once said, our actions always reveal what kingdom that we are obeying at any given moment. And I think that's true. Our actions will reveal what kingdom that we are obeying right now in this moment. So I've got a question. Who do you wanna be when this whole thing is over? Who do you want to be when this whole thing, this temporary trial, this, this storm subsides? I was talking to Kelly, my wife, um, the other day uh, about a lot of this. And man, her perspective was so great. She's been walking with some people lately and just trying to encourage them and just speaking to their world. And And that question is actually a question she came up with. It's something that she's been asking people. Hey, who do you want to be when this whole thing is over? Because how we choose to act or react today will determine who We will be on the other side of this storm. Today matters. So back to the text. So there they were, Jesus and his disciples in Mark 4. So Jesus' guys with him in the boat. He's asleep soundly through that storm. In verse 39, they woke Jesus up, and this is what it says. It says, he rebukes the wind and says to the waves, silence, be still, and suddenly the wind stops, and there's a great calm. You know, why is it that, Going to Jesus seems to be our last resort rather than our first response. I want you to think about that. And and look at Jesus' response to this. Verse 40, he asks him, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? In other words, he's saying, after all we've been through together, after all that you've seen me do, um, knowing who I am, do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? You see, a perspective of faith says, before I panic, I'm gonna pray. A perspective of faith says, I'm not gonna be selfish in this moment. I'm gonna be sacrificial in this moment, right? Yes, I'm gonna be wise. Yes, I'm gonna be prepared, but I'm not gonna hoard. I'm gonna help as need arises. That's what faith in Jesus does because that's what Jesus did. A perspective of faith says, I'm not gonna look to the government first. I'm gonna look to God and God alone. First and foremost, we need to keep our focus on faith and not fear, Verse 41, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. The wind and the the weather obeys this man. I mean, the disciples are completely amazed. Now, do you think we really need to be this anxious when we serve a God who can control the atmosphere? I want you to think about that. Do you think we really need to be this anxious when we serve a God that can literally control the atmosphere? Now let's look at another story about Jesus and his disciples, um, some wind and a boat, if you will, Matthew chapter 14, starting around verse 22. Now, leading up to the story, we see that Jesus had gotten word. He'd heard about John the Baptist who had been killed. Um, And then we saw a story where Jesus had fed the multitudes. Basically, they had nothing to give, but man, God multiplied it. He fed the multitudes and that's where we kind of pick up. And so I'm going to read with you Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. It says this, immediately, basically... Immediately after these things that I just told you about, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and they cross back over to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And that's kind of where we pick up in the story. Now, the the first time I read this, I was like, okay, man, here we go, Um, another boat. The guys are gonna get in it. And when are they gonna learn that, that... you know, when are, they gonna, when are these guys gonna learn it? But, but that's what Jesus tells them to do. He puts them in the boat, and it says, after he had dismissed them, uh, so after sending them home, the multiple, you know, the, the multitudes that, that, that had just been fed, he went up to the mountainside alone to pray. And it says, night fell while he was there by himself. And I was thinking about that, and I, and, and I even wrote myself a note. I man, look at that. Jesus quarantined himself, everybody. But not because he didn't wanna get sick, but as you're gonna see here in a minute, he, he, he needed to get alone. He needed to get time alone with God because he was about to go heal a lot of people that were sick. He needed some time to recuperate and refill before he was about to see another revival is what was taking place. Man, I hope, that, I hope this is speaking to you. He was about to go into a city and bring healing to a bunch of people. Now listen to me, church. Those that claim to follow Jesus in faith, please listen. Let's use this time that God has given us in this moment Um, very productively. Let's think about it. Let's use it wisely. We need to keep the right perspective of the moment that we're in. Let's use this time to repent and to refill and to recuperate and find some renewal uh, because I believe that there is such great purpose on the other side of this moment that we're in right now. I believe that we're gonna see some miracles coming because of the moment that we're in right now. We gotta walk in faith and not fear. Let's get back to it. Listen. Back in Matthew. Later that night, he was there alone praying. In the boat that was carrying the disciples, we had already, you know, was already a considerable distance off the land, basically. Um, they become, they, they're in trouble far away from the land. A strong wind had risen, and they're fighting these heavy waves, it says. Shortly before dawn, somewhere about 3 a.m. in the morning, I believe, it basically talks about how Jesus goes walking out on the lake towards them on the water. So 3 o'clock in the morning, there's Jesus coming towards them on the water. Now, they're already pretty far out and that, you know, that's not a problem. Jesus just walks across the lake to where they are, you know, like he can do. And then verse 26 says, when they see him, when disciples see him walking on the water, they begin to be terrified and in their fear, they begin to cry out, it is a ghost, all right? So they are completely freaking out. (laughs) everything that they had experienced with Jesus up to this point, knowing the things that they had seen, um, things that couldn't be defined as normal by any human standards. They've seen all these things, but now they see this and they're terrified, right? They choose fear. They're completely freaked out. And I want, I want you to, is there a common theme that you see like I see it? See, this is what, this is what I see. This is what happens um, when we aren't looking for Jesus. This is what happens when we aren't expecting Jesus, when we aren't operating out of the right perspective. When our filter isn't faith first, we lean into fear. Verse 27. And Jesus, he says immediately, man, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Here's a fear not verse for you. Here's one of the times. He's saying, chill out. And I love this because I like, I like to see what Peter does here. Peter says in 28, he says, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Walking out on that water. If it's you, tell me to come so that I can walk out on the water to where you are. And I love it because it's so obvious here. Peter's saying, basically, I know if you call me out to you, if you instruct me to do that, which cannot be done, humanly speaking, then I can do it. I wanna come to you. I wanna be where you are. And he knows unless Jesus is with him, he can't walk on the water. It's amazing what can happen when Jesus invites us to join him, right? Verse 29, so what does Jesus do? He says, come. So Peter goes He goes over the side of the boat and begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. And then in verse 30, it continues. But, and this is the part that I want you to see. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. This is such an important verse. When he saw the strong wind and the waves, that's when he began to be terrified. I saw a video this past week, and I don't know if you saw it, but it's totally worthy of looking for Pastor Stephen Furtick was talking about this very verse, verse 30. He says, but when he saw the wind, he became afraid. He began began by staring at Jesus, but then he saw the wind. See, what, what was a picture of Peter focused on Jesus quickly turns into Peter full of panic, gripped in fear, focusing on the wind. And I love what Pastor Stephen said, because this is what he said. He says, don't stare at the wind. Don't stare at the wind. Don't watch the wind. Don't Look at the wind. I like something else Pastor Stephen said. He said this, faith and fear are a product of your focus and you can choose either one of them at any point in your life. Faith and fear are a product of your focus. Look at it again, verse 30. But when Peter saw the wind, when he focused on the wind, he began to be afraid, beginning to sink. He cries out, Lord, save me. See, many of us are probably feeling like maybe we're beginning to sink right now. Some of us may wonder, Jesus, do you see me? Do you see us? Can you, can you see that we're in trouble here? We've been so focused on staring at the wind of our sickness. It's, it's time that we began to focus on seeing the way to salvation. And scripture says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cries out, Lord, help us, save us. See, in this moment that we are in, let's choose faith. Let's begin to cry out to Jesus for help right now. And notice what happened when Peter cries out to Jesus in verse 31. It says, immediately, immediately, Jesus reaches out and grabs him. He says, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? In other words, Peter, do you believe me? I mean, why, why why fear this wind now? When you were walking on water, why fear this wind It begs the question for you and me, do we believe in Jesus in this moment that we're in? Do we believe that even in these waves and even in this wind, no matter what, that Jesus has this. And and, you know, look, no matter what Peter's perceived danger or his fear of drowning, I want you to see what happens next in verse 32. And it says, and then they climb into the boat, they get back into the boat, and then the wind stops. It dies down. See, when we choose to call out to Jesus, when we choose to believe Jesus, when we choose to focus on Jesus, our perspective of the wind will change. When when we operate out of faith and not fear, our perspective of the wind will be different. We gotta choose faith and not fear. We gotta choose to begin to look for Jesus, not looking at the wind. So be encouraged today, because where there is wind, there will be a way. Where there's wind, there will be a way. This doesn't necessarily mean that we're always gonna get the answers that we ask for. It doesn't mean that we're always gonna get exactly what we want when we want it because we ask God for it. That's not what this means. But listen, it does mean this. And it's, 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 it's as simple as I can say it. Whenever there's gonna be wind, I promise you, God is faithful and he will make a way. He will make a way. No matter the wind that comes, and it will, no matter the storms that come, and they will, we're all in one right now together. Let me ask you, what if the why of the waves was more about Peter learning to trust to look for Jesus rather than to look at the wind? Here's another one. What if the why of the wind is nothing more than so others can see the way? Now think about that in our context. What if the waves of this world that we are riding right now are really all about learning to trust, to have a focus of faith? And and what if the wind that we are experiencing right now is really nothing more so that others can see Jesus? Would that be enough? Let let me challenge us in this moment that we're living in. I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that history is going to tell the story that we have endured on the other side of this. And I want you to consider this. Want, we were talking about this in the office this week. It's as if that we are living a storyline that really you could read about in the Bible. Like it's it's an interesting thing, on this global level. So I want to say this. I want to ask you: How are we behaving in this moment? How are we reacting? Um, who do we want to be when this whole thing is over? Are we looking for Jesus or are we watching the wind? Now let's just. Wrap up and see how this thing ends, verse 33. It says, then those who were in the boat worshiping him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Guinness, uh, I'm sorry, Guinness, I can't say this word, but it's Guinnessaret, yeah, there it is. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Man, I want you to think about that. Remember, remember earlier when Jesus had gotten alone to go pray? He, he had kind of sequestered himself, quarantined himself. What if this time that God is giving us right now, our quarantine time, what if this is nothing more than God preparing us for a great purpose on the backside of this burden that we call COVID-19? I mean, what if, what if? Listen, we, we, gotta, we gotta look for Jesus in this. And right now in this moment we're living in, instead of watching the wind or instead of arguing politics or instead of doing a lot of panic purchasing, man, let's just begin to look for Jesus. We don't need to panic because here's the truth. We've been given peace. I mean, look at John chapter 14, verse 27. It says this, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give to you. So don't be troubled, do not be afraid. There's another fear not for you right there. God is leaving us with this gift, and this gift is peace. We don't need to panic. We've been given peace. And lastly, we've got to choose faith and not fear. We've got to choose faith. John 14, verse 1 says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. That's just another way of saying fear not. Be of courage. Trust in God and trust also in me. The words of Jesus right there. We've got to choose faith over fear. Can I just leave you with this? Listen. Where there is a wind, there is a way. And that's not a promise from me, that's a promise from God. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for today and thank you for a message that I pray would encourage us deeply as we continue to keep our perspective rightly, focused on faith and not fear. God, thank you for even these winds that are blowing because we know, God, that you are showing so many the way to life and hope and purpose and love and salvation. And God, we pray that so many would come to know you through this, that they would come to, 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 to find freedom, to settle their the past, their yesterdays, to discover what you created them for. And then God, that they would be called to action to begin to make a difference in your name for the good of others and for your glory. We pray all this, Jesus. Amen, amen.